0: You never lose friends. You only make more.
1: The very best education of all is living with other people and beginning to understand and appreciate who they are.
0: Try and remember who you are and whose you are.
2: Welcome to Episode 3 of Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench. This podcast explores everything friendship, tragedy, life, love, learning, and so much more, all told by older adults. I'm your host for this bi weekly podcast. My name is Aaron Davis. You know, for many years I got up in the pre-dawn hours to wake up people in the Greater Toronto area with my radio show. And I had a number of co-hosts, Don and Bob, Darren, another Darren, and my favorite, Mike Cooper. But these days there's a Lloyd in the void and I just love him. He's Lloyd Hetherington, husband, father, and grandfather, a teacher and a missionary, and like so many fellow seniors at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care homes in Ontario, Lloyd has a lot of stories to tell, wisdom to share, and questions to ask. Lloyd joins us on the Green Bench, a place for rest and relaxation at Schlegel, a place to ask questions and offer advice, upon it, even if only for a moment the world can stop turning and two people can find a connection, or in today's case, three, as we welcome our latest guest, Doug Gilmore. No, not that one. This Mr. Gilmore resides in the village of Riverside Glen in Guelph. His passions include family, and you'll hear a lot about the triumphs and tragedies surrounding his loved ones over the years, trout fishing, square dancing, and writing, including his book, A Successful Life, Overcoming adversity with persistence. Well, with a name like Doug Gilmore, you've got to have a hockey jersey with a 93 somewhere in your possession, Doug. Am I right?
0: Well, I like to call myself number 93 occasionally when people look at me with a question in their eyes. (laughs) Uh, I was a fan of the Maple Leafs when Doug played there, and... uh, I've played a bit of amateur hockey myself, but not at his level.
2: Well, few played at his level, I think we can say. And, of course, you're number 95 now. That's so incredible. We're so, so glad you're joining us here today, Doug. Thank you for taking your seat on the green bench for some of our elder wisdom. Now, you mentioned playing hockey as a young man. Something else happened to you as a young man, which really, I would guess, changed the direction that your life took. Can you tell us about this chapter in your life so early on, Doug? How old were you when you suffered the hunting accident?
0: I was uh, 22 years old. And what happened that day? Uh, Well, uh, you might as well confess and be honest. Uh, It was through carelessness. Mm. A couple of neighbors and myself decided we would like to uh, hunt ducks and uh, we traveled back and forth a couple of miles between what we suspected were duck ponds with our guns uh, unloaded in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when I took mine out, I had forgotten to unload it and uh In the course of removing it from the back seat, the trigger caught on some upholstery, and uh, first thing I knew, I had uh, suffered a severe flesh wound to my left arm. Mm. And at close range, what had happened is that it blew my arm wide open Mm. and shattered the elbow. As the doctor explained to me later on, there wasn't any possibility that he could have put the bones and the elbow back together in a way that uh, would have been functional, and so my left arm was amputated just above the elbow.
2: There have been Many people who have gone on from moments like you had and turned them into something that could inspire and inform others. There's a quote from Dr. Phil that says, You can love, lose, and survive. You can fall to your knees and cry in pain. You can feel a horrible, crippling emptiness, yet recover and fill yourself up again. We all seem to survive it. My co-host Lloyd has survived the very recent loss of his wife of 60 some years. And you've gone on to inspire others. You wrote a book, and I'm sure that Lloyd, being a man of widespread reading and learning over his life, would have a few questions for you here. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Lloyd, as we talk with Doug about his book, A Successful Life, Overcoming Adversity with Persistence.
1: Hi, Doug. Good to be talking to you this way. Hi, Lloyd. I must say that Doug is a profile in courage. After the accident, he continued farming. He learned to improvise and never saw himself as a cripple or, or an amputee. He was a farmer first and foremost, and ran that farm in Aberfoyle so successfully for years. Doug, what were some of the things that you had designed to, to be able to help you in that farming?
0: I needed help in managing farm activities that were difficult to perform without uh, another arm so i utilized some straps from my team of horses harness and I, i made this strap which looped over my head rested on my opposite shoulder and hung down from my stump about the same distance as my hand would the bottom end of this Strap was formed in a loop, and I fastened a little hook in which I could carry a pail, and then I used the loop to go over the handle of a pitchfork, and I was able to use that loop by bodily exercises to handle hay, straw, direct a wheelbarrow, and carry a pail. the The biggest trouble I had was learning to milk cows. Okay because we were milking them by hand at that time. But I could finally manage by milking one teat at a time until I was able to purchase a automatic milking machine.
1: It's amazing, Doug, how you mastered your farming responsibilities. But you went on beyond that, didn't you? You became a very important person within your township. What were some of the jobs that you held there, Doug?
0: Well... Uh, The first job I held in the township was uh, as tax collector. Uh, Apparently, I must have been uh, efficient at that job because five years later, the position of clerk treasurer became vacant. I applied for it, and I was able to convince the council at that time that uh, I could do that job. Initially, I'd like to give recognition to The people who were members of the early council when I got the job as tax collector, my misfortune was well known in the municipality, and while nobody actually said it, I am confident that all the members of the council felt that they had a responsibility or or a duty to help this young man who was just married with one child to uh, do something useful and perhaps get his life in order again and uh, try and earn a living a little easier.
2: And here we are all these years later, 70 years later since that kindness was paid to you. And how have you paid it back over those years? I'd like to start with you writing a book. What made you write A Successful Life, Doug?
0: My mother died at childbirth Mm. when I was about a week and a half past my eighth birthday. And I had a lot of wonderful memories. I was really disappointed to know that my three younger siblings did not remember anything about their mother. So then I decided, with my wife's encouragement, that I should write my memories of my mother and then provide it to my three younger siblings.
2: What a wonderful gift to them. And you've mentioned Doug, your wife and a child. How did your family grow through the years? After growing up through that tragedy of losing your mom so young, tell us about your own family.
0: My wife and I had five children, I guess, And I will have some problem in retaining composure. Take your time. We had tragedies in our family. Uh, We lost our youngest child at age 29 in an unnecessary traffic accident. Mm. I'm sorry, this is unusual for me. I, uh, I usually can talk about this. Without any difficulty.
1: Oh, Doug, it's so human, so human.
2: If it helps you to know, my husband and I lost our 24-year-old daughter in her sleep the morning after her first Mother's Day. So believe us when we tell you, Doug, you are in a safe place here, and we know your pain. We know the pain of losing a child, and... There aren't any words. We know there aren't words. All we can say to you is that we understand.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, And perhaps that will help me gain my composure because I would love to tell you about it. Okay. So let me try. Our second daughter had a difficult birth. She was a birch baby, so my, my wife had a much more difficult time. But my second daughter for some reason did not gain weight readily mm-hmm. and was very uh, appeared to be very anemic just by the color of her skin but my wife and I attended to it immediately and got the kind of care she needed and uh, she she uh, flourished Uh, It took some time. She didn't learn to walk until she was about 14 months. But I got a great thrill out of seeing how she got around as a baby because she would sit on her posterior and use her heels to drag herself along. (laughs) And she could get a lot of places very quickly. Uh Unfortunately, at age 50... She contacted cancer Mm. and was ill for about five years before she succumbed. And the things that I remember about Joanne, our second daughter, was that her final years were very similar to her first, where she had trouble managing, where her um, reactions and her facilities and getting around were limited and it was a very difficult time for us to see her. I understand she didn't suffer that much, but the fact that it was almost a reversion to her childhood Mm. where she had difficulty in doing what was normal to others and she was very, very Helpless before she died.
2: And isn't that the worst feeling as a parent? Because we know we're supposed to be there. We're supposed to be the caregivers, the ones who make everything better. Just as you nourished Joanne and got her up on her feet from that scooching as a child, and yet there was nothing that you could do when she was 50 and there was cancer. It's beyond what most people can understand as a feeling of frustration for a parent.
0: Yes, it's very difficult, and I hope I have my composure back again because these are the reasons I wrote the book. It wasn't—it wasn't about me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it was about me, but it was a—it be- was because Doris and I survived these tragedies, and I've only told you about two. Oh dear. Uh so. I don't know whether we really want to go on about that or not.
2: No, I understand. I understand. And obviously you are more than familiar with adversity. Um I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about life challenges. Lloyd, you wanna you wanna speak here?
1: Yeah, I'd love to speak to Doug for just a moment. Doug is writing the next chapter of his book on our hearts right now. hmm He is a wounded caregiver. I lost my wife just over two years ago. I came to Riverside Glen for a coffee to visit a couple of friends. And Doug called me aside and just took a few moments to show kindness and counsel. And I really appreciate that to this day. That Doug, the wounded caregiver, in spite of all of the adversities he has faced, has a heart big enough to reach out to others. Doug, you're a marvelous example to others. And... Just continue to be who you are, a genuine, loving, caring individual. Thank you, Lloyd.
0: That's very kind of you, and it's, it's heartwarming, and it is encouraging. So thank you with all my heart.
1: Maybe we should share, Doug, that with our listeners that we have something in common. Both my wife and your wife rest in the same cemetery, a beautiful Crown Cemetery out in rural Ontario, and it was not by chance that both were buried there, but rather by divine guidance, the seal of friendship that Doug and I have been, de- been developing over the past past while.
0: That is kind again, uh, Lloyd, and I don't mind admitting and giving credit to the fact that we both believe in the Creator and in divine guidance, and that is a tremendous help. Without it, I don't know what we would do or where we would be.
2: I am of the belief that loss is loss is loss, and there's no comparison losing a spouse, losing a child, all of the losses, like the losses so many have suffered in 2020, not only through deaths through COVID, but of hopes and plans and travels and get togethers and all of the things that we hold in our hearts. You both, Lloyd and Doug, have suffered through losses in your many years. And I'm going to ask you, since we're sitting here on the green bench and sharing elder wisdom, first, Doug, if you could share with us any inspiration, advice that you have for younger people who are also suffering loss these days, who may be listening right now, could you share that with us?
0: I'll try. I probably have to do it in two parts.
2: That's all right.
0: The the first part is try not to fall into the habits, so easy to fall into in this time of there's everything available. And when I say everything available, there's drugs, there's drink, there's sexual freedom. Try and remember who you are and whose you are, Ah. You're, you're yourself. You're your dads and mums. We're all God's creatures, and I believe that. There are you, I, are more important than things that are easily acquired, and I wouldn't listen to that at my younger age. Mm -hmm. So the younger people today may not listen, but keep it in mind as you grow suddenly through some difficulties sickness or i will say probably more the responsibility the responsibility of you and your wife conceiving and bearing children and you start to raise your family those are the most important things in my life and i started to realize if i want a family i'm proud of then i have to make them proud of me or the example i set mm-hmm. so that started it and i can say with all honesty that through some of the times of stress or difficult decisions my family have come through have been encouraged Me and set an example for me, and they're still doing it. God bless them.
1: Go ahead, Lloyd. There are two things that you must remember tough times don't last, but tough people last. These tough times, we've been through them, your parents have been through them, your grandparents, they come, and how you survive depends so much upon yourself. You need to be strong, strong in the inner character, strong to believe that you can do without when sacrifices are called upon. You've got to believe that you can accomplish the difficult tasks before you, knowing that you can even deal with the impossible when it's necessary. Don't give up whatever you do. Remember this, you're a tough person and you'll survive these tough times.
2: I thank you both for that wisdom. Tough times don't last, but tough people last, and Doug's words. I've never heard these, Doug, and I am a student of quotes. Remember who you are and whose you are. What a profound bit of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: You're welcome.
2: Doug, was that faith ever challenged? In all of the tragedies, the ones spoken and unspoken of today, did you ever ask yourself why you were being challenged like Job?
0: Yes. Mm. And the one that challenges me most is one I'm I'm reluctant to disclose.
2: And you don't have to if you don't want to, Doug. It's all right.
0: Well, the, perhaps you can assure me. Okay. Uh, my, my son lives in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with it, he lives on the east side of Vancouver. Okay. So he has been stricken with mental illness for about 30 or 40 years. Mm. But he is still in denial. And if he were to hear me talk about it, he would be very, very upset about me. So I think perhaps trying to help him trying to convince him, trying to get the help we thought would be helpful, Mm -hmm. and trying to convince him. I think my faith was challenged quite often then. And he, he knows about the book, so I guess it's no secret to him, but he refuses to read it. Along with others in my community, and I emphasize the others because we could not have done this alone. Mm-hmm. We were instrumental in helping establish in Guelph a family help line that had been had been established. We didn't establish first, but we established it in Guelph. That was quite successful in a number of years in providing support and education to families of people with mental illness. And then later on, uh, the same group of people uh, established a, a home for up to eight people to help them uh, recover and reestablish themselves in the community after suffering from, from mental illness. And so mental illness is not a stranger to us, but is it is one of the most heartbreaking and challenging problem to, to handle.
2: And I so relate to that, Doug, and I'm sure that Lloyd can through his work through the decades with families and people in need of guidance and spiritual help, because I hear from so many people who have lost a living child. And for you and for me and with your daughter's deaths and ours, we know that she's not coming back. But the torture, if you will, and I don't think that's putting too fine a point on it, of knowing that this child is still there and you can't help, you can't save, but you can do what you can. And that's what you have done in knowing, letting others know that they are not alone, just as you did with Lloyd. You let Lloyd know he was not alone, and that is a gift that you have.
0: Well, I might as well disclose the rest. Uh, We lost a grandson to suicide Mm -hmm. who was having problems adjusting to a mental illness. So it's a double whammy, you might say, and uh, Mm. I spent a lot of time with him from about eight years old until age 20 when uh, he finally succumbed to whatever trickery was going on in his mind. And I don't know for sure what his final illness was, but he had trouble as a youth with attention deficit disorder. Mm -hmm. But he was a very fine young man. And uh, wise beyond his years, young man, because he asked me so many questions that were difficult to answer, but made me understand that he had a mind that was beyond his age. Hmm. Uh, I've maybe only given you half the reason for writing the book.
1: Doug, you gave a very profound quote to me before we began recording, Something to the effect that I'm a better person today than I, have, than I was 90 years ago. Do you remember the exact words you said to me? No, I don't, Lloyd, but uh, I agree I am
0: a far better man than I was 95 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to thank my mother, my parents, my siblings, my faith, friends, and my wife particularly. Uh, But last of all, uh, myself, and I guess that's why I wrote, part of the why I wrote the book, I wanted to tell people about our difficulty, some of our tragedies, and encourage them, don't give up. Don't give up. There are other things you can do. There's a way around this. Look at what else is around you. Where are the rest of your siblings? and their children, your grandchildren, your friends, the people that have helped you along the way. Look at that. That's what helped me. And that's what I wanted to write about.
2: That is, I think, the perfect note on which to end today. You take someone like Doug, who has given up his time here with us today on the green bench, who has suffered immeasurably in his life, in seemingly every way and yet your life has become for the lack of a better metaphor an open book and you still are telling people to have hope to look for the good in life and to not give up that's that's simply profound
1: that puts it pretty good thank you mm. Darg it's been wonderful sharing these moments with you you're living proof that adversity. Adversity does not need to crush you, that you can be a conqueror in all of the circumstances that life throws at you, and you can be the better person because of it. Target, great to know you.
0: Lloyd, it's good to know you, and I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to encourage you after your wife's death. I had forgotten about it, but obviously you haven't, and I'm sure glad I helped. What a
2: lovely, lovely way to end this third Elder Wisdom Podcast. People reaching out, connecting with each other, sharing their stories, their pain, their joys, their wisdom. And that's what this is all about. It's time to move on from the green bench and we're going to return on our next episode with Louise Joliffe. She's going to tell a little bit about why pregnancy in the workforce was a big no-no and how she moved on with that to become friends with the boss who let her go, stitching generations together with needlework and so much more. I hope you'll join Lloyd and me again so please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. You're going to be notified just as soon as they're up. And do share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag elder wisdom to help others find us on this green bench just take a moment to rate and review the elder wisdom podcast or go to www.elderwisdom.ca to find the link i'm aaron davis thank you for your time and we'll talk to you again soon your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting
1: elder wisdom stories from the green bench is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.